Sending is 34. Um, so welcome, Andrew. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. As Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. I've got a slight hangover, actually, um, but I'm, I'm doing fine. So, Andrew, what I want to ask you, um, you know, this, this question is always the same. If you would like to give us a history of your mental health journey, you know, you can start from when you want. You know, it's, it's a good to hear how the... How the um, the mental health uh, diagnosis came about, um, what were the triggers and what happened? I think it gives gives our listeners a real insight. So I had a pretty normal development. I, I have great parents uh, who continue to support me. Even when I was a kid, uh, I, I had good parents growing up. Um, they they might have been a little bit on the neglectful side, but um, uh, I mean... Overall, I mean, I, I'm super blessed to have them in my life. Yeah. Um, I I uh, I was born uh, with an umbilical cord around my neck, and I was put in an incubator for a time, and I think that that had some kind of influence on my development. Um, okay. I remember being very sad a lot as a kid and never crying. Um. And as I grew older, I, I had a pretty normal development. I had friends and things like that. But uh, I think I got infected uh, with toxoplasmosis. Could have been a fever. But I got a very so high a fever cat, cat disease, when I was it? 11. Yes. Yeah. And uh, if you have schizophrenia or schizoaffective disorder, um, you might want to look into, or even bipolar, um, you might want to look into toxoplasmosis and the research regarding that, because, uh, I think it's, it's very, it's a, it's a factor that, that might influence, uh, your development. Yeah. I've heard about so, it. Actually. Yeah. Um, so I was about 11, uh, when I got this infection and, uh, my cat started having problems with her, her bowels. And she would just poop all over the place. And uh, then I got sick. And after this, I, I kind of changed. Um, after I had this um, this sickness, I, I went back from my default when I was really young to being sad a lot. Um, I kind of uh, would entertain myself with sadness. So, um, yeah, I just think of dark themes and... Uh, when I was 13, I had this humiliating thing happen where, uh, like my porn on the computer, I had a sister who, who took the porn and like shared it with people at school. And I found that like super Ooh, embarrassing. That's yeah. 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 It was, it was pretty, it was pretty, uh, pretty bad, but, uh, I don't know. I think, uh, I had unusual tastes probably as a result of this infection. Um, which made it more embarrassing. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I just kind of retreated in my head and, uh, I was very sad for a long time. Never spoke of it. Uh, never shared any of my, my problems with anyone. And when I was, uh, 22, it, it came to be too much. Um, I was 
I was initially diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia, which I think is more along the lines of what's going on with me. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, so I was, I was in a really bad way. Um, I was, I remember sharing with my psychiatrist, like all my problems that I had never unloaded for like 10 years, 12 years. And, uh, it was weird because he said that I had uh, disorganized thinking, like I wasn't speaking in a coherent sentences, but the way I remember it, like I was speaking coherently. It was just like my, my reading was that it was so sad, like the nature that he had some defense mechanism where he couldn't comprehend it. And he said, I was talking word salads when I was not, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't like to get into the nitty gritty details of like the facets of the sadness or whatever, you know, um, a lot of, I, I think it's, it's really, uh, what, what I, I discovered, um, when I was, uh, 22 or 23, um, it, it was in 2011. I had, uh, I stopped taking my medications for like six months and, uh, I, I became like, I was eating, I was eating pasta. So I was eating ravioli every day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I just started, my imagination went just over in overdrive. And, uh, I wrote this story called baby bar in like three days. It's available on Amazon if you want to pick it up. Uh, but it's baby bar by Andrew L. Frazier. I wrote that in three days and it, it's a really interesting story. Like it's, it's, it's about the virtue of idiocy and war. It's actually very prescient to the, to today, uh, because it's like a war between the Soviet union and the allied powers. Um, but it's, it's a comical story. It's, it's much like catch 22. Um, but, uh, after that I got hospitalized and, uh, I was put on Risperdal. Um, but I, I didn't sleep. I broke the world record for sleep deprivation. It was something like 14 days by my estimation. I can't verify that nobody was checking up on it. I'm not in the Guinness book, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I suffered for that. Um, it, it took me about a month and a half to recover. And when I got out of the hospital, I really didn't have the patience to like tie my shoes. So, I mean, I, I had really, uh, negative impact. Um, and, and I wasn't getting anything done. I was failing in school for many years. Uh, I got a job as a cart pusher at Walmart. And, uh, I, I remember, um, just how blessed I was to have that job, you know, and so thankful for it. Um, and, uh, in 2015, I fell in love with this woman, like, the second I saw her, I, I just fell in love with her. I had a girlfriend at the time and, uh, I, uh, she left the work and I kid you not, like I was so disappointed that I hadn't told her how I felt that I started throwing up my medications every day. And, uh, I didn't sleep for uh, about six days that, that time. And I was still showing up to work. And I was blacking out on the sales floor, like singing show tunes and stuff. And, uh, so I, I, uh, I eventually 
uh, quit my job because I, I couldn't handle it anymore. And, uh, I mean, they, the, my managers and stuff were, were very understanding. And, and I went back to school. Um, I actually, during this in 2015, I was diagnosed with bipolar. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of evolved. And, uh, that's when I really took seriously, uh, cutting out gluten from my diet. And I went to school and I took, uh, chemistry too. Um, and I did really well in the course. I got an A, I got a 98 on the final exam. Um, and, uh, this I think was attributed to cutting out gluten and dairy. I was eating, a uh, a low carb diet and I was doing really well on it. And, uh, then I, um, I took programming course a little while later, I I think next semester or the semester after that. And I did really well again. And then I took one more semester and I just, uh, I had stopped taking my medications once again. And I, I, uh, I dropped out. I just stopped going to class. I was working on the game full time. I had picked up the game because, uh, I felt like everything, like, uh, like I had failed at everything. And so I just wanted to fail at one thing and not do what my parents wanted me to do. Just, just work on this one thing for the rest of my life. And I thought I would fail at it, you know, at first. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it's come a long way. Um, in five years, uh, I remember after about a year and a half, uh, of coding, I came up with this, uh, engine called the Upcentric, uh, which was this, uh, way of increasing the map size from 200,000 units to, to like a three decillion, like astronomical numbers. And then, uh, yeah, I, I worked on that for, for about three years. And then I recently last year, uh, started a new project, a new game engine, called uh the double cast engine which is far more powerful and it's uh more efficient it's in every way better so a game engine is um it's like a tool to build a game on top of that isn't it in terms yeah. of free, free 3d graphic effects and yeah that sort of thing. it's uh it's the game engines actually the term is kind of confusing because it's used recursively it can mean like a game editor now they use the term editor for like, I'm making this in unity, but, uh, the game engine is, is the core logic. Every game has its own game engine. Yeah. Um, it, if you can understand it that way. And, uh, the game engine I developed, the double cast engine is, is really a lot like no man's sky technology. Mm-hmm. So it's called the double cast engine because it's cast to a double. And, and so, so you how, have how, astronomical. How did, how did you go about, designing a game engine what first of all what language were you working with i i worked uh primarily in c sharp i did a little bit of c plus plus as well um when i was making projects in uh unreal uh but uh yeah it's it's primarily c sharp but really this game engine can be done in any game engine uh you can imagine um it's uh it's got three components to it uh the oracle physics engine 
the double cast engine and the origin v2 logic so there's a lot of you're simulating a real world um on the computer which is why you need a physics engine i would understand and then the other engines i guess would be things like io and i don't know design of the of the graphics or something yeah well the the physics engine is really for newtonian interactions and a lot of these 3D space sims, they don't have that. Um, they don't have 3D interactions mm. um, in the in the game. So uh, they, they have modified physics or something like that. Mm. So really, uh, in the game demo, uh, it shows me shooting a soccer ball like with lasers. Mm. Uh, the idea of this recent project was to make like a rocket league in outer space mm. with spaceships. Um, and, uh, yeah, it involved that, um, well, at first it's, it's pretty easy because the physics engine is inbuilt. If you're not making like a massive world, uh, one of these like double cast engines, like, uh, no man's sky kind of things. Um, it's very easy, but once you have like this other way of doing it, which is like observer centric model. Uh, you have to adjust the physics for that, and it's very, it's very difficult and complicated. Um, is it, is it's, it quite it's, mathematical? Uh, yeah, yes, yeah, I yeah. Mean, uh, especially the double cast engine. In, in my experience of computer programming, in terms of industry, it's more logic. It's less mathematical, but I would understand that games programming is probably more mathematical in terms of algorithms um, and that sort of thing is, I mean, what do you say about that? Yeah, it's an interplay of both logic and mathematics. Um, so um, really, uh, I just, <clears throat> I just would stick on a problem and think of like, is there some way to do it? And I'll come up with crazy ideas, right? Like, like things that would I, I don't think would ever work. And then I like say, well, what if it could work? Like, how would I go about doing it? And then I come up with like crazy ideas of how it would work. Um, like uh, the, the trade lanes in particular um, are, are very mathematical. Um, so basically like if, if you have like a vector three and unity, like you can do a normalized magnitude thing, but in a double, it's a different data type and you have to make those methods yourself. Yeah. And the way that they, they interact from float to double, like when to cast uh, is really important to determine like the accuracy of the trade lanes. Yeah. So like if you want trade lanes that can go on forever, like 12, yeah. 20 million, uh, units or something like that like you you really have to uh so is this to do with being like say 64 bit and 32 bit um yeah 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 so 64 bits are much bigger numbers and that allows you to make a a, a map size that's much much greater than you normally would otherwise and so another thing about so yeah i i think like you know i also have hobbies like this podcast is one of my hobbies mm-hmm. and it's, it helps me cope with the condition um yeah. so i would imagine your game does is that do you find that's a good coping mechanism something it's, to focus on um, yeah it's like the best thing that's ever happened to me yeah. like really in terms of just having something to do um yeah. 
But I, I mean, I would say that that it, it wouldn't have been possible had I not cut out gluten and dairy from my diet uh, mm-hmm. for as long as I had. Um, that really was was like um, jet fuel to my brain. Like I remember uh, when I when I cut out gluten and dairy for a year and a half. I remember thinking to myself, like, when's the last time I was depressed? Like, when was the last time I had a suicidal thought or anything like that? Which was um, prior to that, like, very kind of normal circumstance for me. It would be like an everyday thing. And, uh, yeah, so so it, it had a profound impact. It, it was I, – I say it's more important than the medications yeah. is to go off gluten and dairy for me. Well, you, um, you know, I think nutrition is important. Um so I've had experience with plant-based eating um, and, and that I think, so that is no dairy and no meat, but, mm-hmm. you know, I think, I think, um, you know, perhaps it is, it is determined to your body type. Um, yeah. You know, I think you find what works for you. Um, I would say that because, because some people say, oh, well, just eat meat. And I, I enjoy the taste of meat and I sometimes eat it, but I, gen, I generally feel that plant-based works for my body type, mm-hmm. um, my digestive system. Um, yeah. And it, and it does make a difference, um, even though I, I, and I do struggle with it because there is quite a domination of meat-eating culture where I live. Um, and it is, it, it is difficult to... Just, just, just to do your own thing at times, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, nutrition definitely plays a big part. Um, in in one way, it keeps your body healthy, and also it can affect the clarity of your mind as well. Um, yeah. So for you sure, you eat Beyond Burgers. I do eat Beyond Burgers. I'm actually I eat Beyond Mince. I make bolognese with Beyond Mince, um, which is I find it I find it's the the tastiest uh, plant based mince I've tried. That's great. Yeah, they're they're delicious. They are, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I'm surprised how close to an actual burger it actually is. Yeah. Um I think um like I can cook a really good vegan burger in my kitchen. Um mm-hmm. and but but the problem is most of the takeaways that are vegan sell vegan burgers and they're pretty gross. So I don't tend to buy them because I know that I can cook a pretty good vegan burger at home. Um, yeah. You know, so, um, and obviously it's going to be, it's going to be cheaper and fresher and all that business. But um, yeah, I, I tend, I tend to cook them at home. I, you know, I'll have, I have like a burger once a week or something. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I won't buy a burger from a takeaway because they're never as good. They're always a bit soggy and, just don't taste as good and look they look a bit gross to be honest yeah and they're gluten-free so yeah (laughs) yeah i don't i don't practice gluten-free to be Mm -hmm. honest with you i i do eat wheat products um i think the main thing for me is just to reduce the dairy and meat um yeah that's that's kind of what i do cool so how yeah, are you yeah. feeling now, Andrew? So you've got the game. Well, how, how are things I mean, now? 
I ate a pizza a few days ago. I just don't know what compelled me to do it, self-sabotage or something like that. And uh, about three days ago, I, I ate a whole Domino's pizza and I, I within 30, 40 minutes, I just started acting up, you know, I was, yeah. I was really kind of hectic. And uh, now I'm kind of recovering from that. Um, mm-hmm. It's been, it's been like two or three days since I've had the pizza. And so like I, I'm making my bed and cleaning up on that. But uh, as far as programming goes, uh, I think I still need a little bit uh, longer. Um, I'm, I'm currently working on uh, procedural networks for the trade lanes yeah. uh, so that they populate themselves uh, on, on build or on uh, play. Dynamically and updated. Yeah, they, they, they update at, at the start method. And, and so... Uh, I want to output a a text file mm-hmm. uh, that has the position so it's the same for every game. Okay. But I want the first one to be randomized so it populates it itself and then I save the information and and uh, have I a think, look at the table or something um, like that. It sounds like a lot of problem solving, which is good. Yeah, yeah. Um, like you, I, I guess I, I would imagine the way my mind works is like I think – of what I want to do, and then slowly it will solve itself in the background. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, like I'll go to sleep thinking about a problem and come up with the solution the next morning yeah, or yeah. something like that. Just the fact that you're thinking about it all mm. the time means you, you come, up, come up with some kind of solution. Yeah. And yeah, a lot of the times I figure out things when I'm going for a walk. So I'll, I'll just be not paying attention to nature or anything. I know this is probably not not very Buddhist or anything like that, but uh, I, I fixate on the problem and then I go, Eureka, that's how you solve it. And I come back. And so really it's 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 a lot, lot of time where I'm just thinking about how to solve problems like um, for a long period of time. Did you, did, did you find that your psychosis um, was was an element of problem solving in that as well. Um, uh, dealing with the psychosis and you're thinking, okay, I need to do this or I need to do that. Uh, yeah. I mean, certainly at least for me, uh, cutting out the gluten was a big part of that puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just noticed that I was eating pasta, uh, ravioli, pasta, macaroni and cheese. Every time I had one of these, uh, problems. One time it was, uh, a cheesesteak that I ate. Um, so, I mean, I, I learned this lesson, then I learned it over and over again, you know, uh, because, uh, it, it really does take a moment where I'm just like, okay, I ate this food and I'm having a reaction. So now uh, like, I, I've got to commit to cutting this out, you know, for the rest of my life or for a period of time. Um, yeah. And, uh, it, that that was probably the the biggest part of uh, the puzzle for me. Um, also, taking medications are important. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think when you get older, you do realize, okay, I actually will take the medication because yeah. it does it does help. And and at the end of the day, you, I think like when I was younger, I used to skip my meds. You know, mm-hmm. I would store them up in a little bag, and I'd have tons and tons of meds. And I would be having psychotic breakdowns. But, you know, obviously now I'm older, I think, yeah, that's why you were having psychotic breakdowns because you weren't taking yeah. your bloody meds. 
yeah, yeah. The meds definitely do help. Mm. Um, uh, as much as it pains me to admit it, mm. because I don't, I don't, I mean, I just feel like, you know, it's kind of lame when I take my meds. I don't ever look forward to taking my meds. I'm mm. just like, I, I got to get this deed done, you know. Um, it, it's not, it's not something I ever look forward to. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I do have it as a goal of mine, a persistent goal to, uh, be stable off meds. I think that would mean more to me than all the money in the world. Um, yeah. I think, you know. um, I, I, I also would like, I have, a, I have a diminishing dream that one day I will be able to exist without meds. But that yeah. today, it's not. It's not today, and it's not next year. But maybe one day. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so you know, it's it's kind of like a dream to it because because I think that um, regular people don't understand that the medications do affect us in very severe ways uh, physically, yeah. um, and it is a blessing to be medication free. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Um, Andrew, I think Wilma's going to wrap this up. I just want to ask if there's anything else you want to talk about, which we haven't talked about already. I think that covers it. Yeah. Thank you so much for this podcast. I really like how you're giving a voice to people who uh, really normally are overlooked. So I, uh, I applaud you for this, uh, you. this podcast. Thank you. Andrew, I want to ask you, um, give me a genre of music that you like, because I'm going to add it on the start and the end of this, um, of this episode. I really like Alt J, uh, so I don't know what what kind of uh, what what theme that is. Like, I guess it's kind of like electronic alt rock or something like that. Um, Yeah. So Andrew, you're always welcome to come back for another episode. Um, You've got my email, and we can you know we can always talk about we can talk more. You know, I am I am trying to get people to come back um, because I think I think people wish to hear you know how things are going that sort of thing um Mm -hmm. so you're very welcome and it's absolute pleasure to talk with you and it's it was fun talking about computer science which is one of my passions as well Um, yeah i hope i'm not boring your listeners no 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 no. yeah i I just find it interesting so um (laughs) i think it it makes a different different type of episode okay that's great so thank you so much andrew we'll close it up here Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you.